set your tone for the next, like set your tone for Sunday by what you do on Saturday and on Friday, right? Like, and so I was, I was, I was groggy this morning, and I am here, and I am caffeinated, and I am ready to go. So, um, we are beginning a new series this week um, called Whisper, and I can't wait to get into that. But before I do, um, did we have a good time on Monday night or what? Christmas Eve service? What a great time. Um, thank you so much for being here. If you were a part of that, um, and if you weren't a part of that, you missed out. It was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we had a, had a great time singing uh, carols and eating cookies. It was a good time. Uh, with Lucy's uh, Lucy's cocoa and carols. Uh, and it was just, uh, we had a lot, a lot of, a lot of fun. So uh, thank you so much for, for being here. Um, I said earlier today that uh, how you end one season often determines how you enter the next. And uh, that's kind of my, my theme for the day. Um, it, it, we're, we're setting the tone for 2019 today. Uh, and, and we're doing that uh, by beginning a new series that's called Whisper. It's, it's based on this book. Um, you can buy it. It's available on, on iTunes. Or uh, it's on, available on iTunes for audio download. It's probably available on there to download as well. Um, it's available on Amazon. Um, it's written by a guy by the name of Mark Batterson who pastors National City Church in uh, National Community Church, sorry, um, in Washington, D.C. And uh, his, his church started um, a lot like a lot like ours did. Uh, you know, just uh, planted in, in Washington, D.C. They're doing amazing, great things in, in Washington. And so I would highly recommend So as we begin this series, um, we're, we're designing this around a season that we're calling 21 Days of Prayer. We do it every single year um, in the beginning of January uh, for 21 days, um, 21 days of prayer where we, where we designate 21 days to pray and to fast and to seek God in our lives. Um, it's funny, I was... I was talking with our coaches backstage earlier today about 21 days of prayer, and it's amazing to me. Our church will turn two years old on March 3rd this year. That's pretty sweet, right? Two years. Uh, I'm excited for it. Are you? Yeah. However, this will be our third season of 21 days of prayer. is the third year we've done this, and it is, it is fantastic. 
So that's going to be available for free next Sunday as I can talk to you guys later. Um, and then the next thing that we're doing is um, we are also going to meet every day. Um, we're going to make it available to meet every day at our church office, 125 North Warm Road, which just happens to be um, my house. So, um, so our church office, uh, we're opening up every day at 6 a.m. Um, the times are 6 a.m. unless you're on your way to church. Um, sorry. You go to church every day, don't you? Because I do. <laughs> if you're on your way to work um, and you're driving past 125 North Road, just go a little earlier and swing on in. And we're going to worship together. We're going to. Prayer, or, or not, it's not the National Day of Prayer, but it's Prayer Day 2019. 
designated that way by the orientation that helped us get started all part. And um, prayer day 19, and, and so what we're doing is we're gathering, we're opening the church office for pastors in, in Maine, Andrew in New Hampshire, and all of New England to gather together as pastors to pray um, for the church, for our nation, um, for our communities on, on, on your behalf. And um, because we are hosting it as a, as a church group, this thing called ROI. ROI stands for return, for, for you and um, financial people. ROI stands for return on investment. We believe in return on investment around here. 21 days of prayer, you will only get out of 21 days of prayer what you put into 21 days of prayer. You will only get out of this service what you put into this service. You will only get out of your week what you put into your week. It's, it's, it's constant throughout all of life. Return on investment is a big thing, and, and I believe that it's, it's the way God works. And so um, 21 days of prayer, you will get out of it what you put into it, and it's going to be incredible. So this whole series called Whisper is designed all around 21 days of prayer. And so today, we're going to talk just for a little bit about the bravest, God, um, thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. Lord, thank you for what you're doing in the life of the Refuge Church. Lord, I, I thank you for taking what you, what, what started with a whisper and blessing it into this that we see here today. Father, I, I pray, Lord, as we as we open your word, and as we see how you speak to us, I pray, Lord, that we would open our hearts, that we would be receptive of you in our lives. Lord, that's why we're here. We're not here for information, we're here for transformation. So, God, I pray that you would transform us by your word. About half a century ago, an ear, nose, and throat doctor by the name of Dr. Salonis was confronted with the most serious patient in 60 years of his office. A renowned opera singer had mysteriously lost his ability to make certain notes, and even though those notes were still within his octave range, he could no longer hit them. The events of many specialists, they all thought that it was a vocal problem. Dr. Salatis, the doctor, thought, um, thought otherwise. So using a sonometer, Dr. Salatis discovered that the opera singer was producing 140 decibel sound waves as he goes on. 140 decibels of sound that's just a little bit louder than a military jet taking off from an aircraft carrier to give you a picture. Well, that discovery led to a diagnosis, and the opera singer had been deafened by the sound of his own voice. Because he couldn't hear the note any longer, he could no longer sing the note. And Dr. Tomatis said this, said the voice can only reproduce what the ear can hear. The French Academy of Medicine dubbed this the Tomatis effect, and I think its ramifications go way beyond opera singing. The voice can only reproduce what the ear can hear. Now, if you've been around Refuge for any amount of time, then you know that I like to talk about our issues. We all have issues. 
Look at your neighbor and say, I got issues. Now look at your second choice and say, I got them too, right? Like we all have issues. We all have problems. And so oftentimes we like to label those problems as spiritual problems or, or, or emotional problems or even mental problems. Don't look at your neighbor and say, I have them. Relational problems. We all, we all have labels for the problems of our lives. But ladies and gentlemen, I want to submit to you today that maybe those problems aren't the labels that we've given them. But maybe those problems are because we have a hearing problem. Hearing the voice of God in our lives. Sometimes that voice can be our own voice. The own voice of criticism in our own life. Sometimes that voice can be the voice of a coach or the voice of a, of a, of a parent or the voice of a teacher that, that just told us we weren't good enough. We all have different voices in our lives. And I would say, ladies and gentlemen, that this is one of the, one of the most tragic things about social media is we allow so many voices into our lives on a daily basis just by getting out our cell phones and scrolling through. The first thing that you look at on, on a daily basis a lot of times is this thing right here, and you allow voices to speak into your life just by picking this up and not by holding it to your ear. What do you think how that works? And so oftentimes we have so many voices in our lives that make it so difficult to hear the voice that matters, the voice of God. Now the Bible tells us that we have an enemy, we have an accuser that is the father of lies. And because we have an enemy, we have an accuser that is the father of lies, he will do anything to drown out the voice of God in your life. He will do anything to drown out the voice of God in my life. And when he drowns out the voice of God in your life, what he does is he stops your ability to speak on God's behalf. He stops your ability to sing praise to God in your life. He stops your ability to use your story to impact someone else's life. Because what God oftentimes uses in our lives to to cause, because what we think may, may cause us pain will often bring healing in someone else's life if we allow it to. But if we can't hear the voice of God that's directing us to tell it to other people, then Satan stops us dead in our tracks. Then he stops the, the message of the gospel from proclaiming. And he wins. And that's why Satan will do everything that he can to drown out the voice of God in our lives. He wants to stop us. He wants to stop you. The answer to our problem, ladies and gentlemen, is, is not more therapy. Although, if you've been here for any time, then you know I'm, I'm, a, I'm a proponent of that. But it's not more therapy. It's not more books. It's more of the book. It's more of us listening to the still, small voice of God in our lives. It's not a problem. It's a hearing problem. If we're going to hear the still, small voice of God in our lives, it's going to require us to slow down. The Bible says to be still and know that I am God. A couple weeks ago, I talked about Joseph. And I talked about the obedience of Joseph in, in bringing forth Jesus to this earth. And I talked about his obedience. And I find it miraculous that God would speak to him in the form of a dream when he was asleep, when he was at his most still. That's when God spoke to him. If we're going to hear the still, small voice of God in our life, we've got to find a way to slow down. When you open your Bible to the book of, of Genesis, which is the first book of the Bible, you, are, you will see that the first four words that God speaks in all the scripture are very simple. Let there be light. God speaks four words. 
and they're the first words that he says in all of the scripture, the first words that are recorded that, that God said, let there be light. And with those four words, he creates the entire universe. I believe that when we look at the universe, we see God's ability to create with just four words. That's all he needs. All God needs is four little words. Later on in the New Testament, Jesus uses three words to calm a storm. Peace. Be. Still. And yet, we seem to think that if we don't read five chapters a day, that God doesn't speak to us. And I'm not saying that, that five chapters a day is it, it's a good thing. It's a great thing. say it, re- it requires less. We don't always, again, we, we come into this place and we think that we need more information, more information, more information. We don't need more information, ladies and gentlemen. We need more transformation. And all it takes is one sentence for God to transform your entire life. And yet we find a way to worry about what God is going to do in our lives. And at the same time, I believe that because God only needs those three words, that one sentence, that it should motivate us to open this book every single day of our life, that we should crave it. We should, we can't, I I can't wait to wake up in the morning so that I can open God's word and allow him to whisper into my life. Now, most people would say that they've never heard the voice of God. And if you're talking about an audible voice, which is from the range of 20 to 20,000 hertz, then I would say that I've never heard the voice of God either. And when we're talking about the voice of God, we're not talking about an audible voice. We're talking about this whisper that you know in your spirit that he is telling you to do something or telling you to, to, to just listen. The voice of God is not limited to human range. In fact, I would say that when you get out of human range, that's when you hear the voice of God in your life. God speaks, and with his voice, he brings healing. With his voice, he brings peace. With his voice, he brings comfort. With his voice, he brings grace. He brings love. He brings truth. The question is, are we listening? You know, the voices that I know the most in my life are the voices of the people that I have a relationship with. Um, growing up, it was my mother. Thank God for Mama's voice, right? I remember I was uh, I played football as a uh, as a junior high kid. Um, I played I played football all the way up through high school, and. Um, I remember my eighth grade year, I scored my only, the only touchdown I ever scored in football was my eighth grade year. I played defensive end. And um, I remember we were playing this, this game, and I, I, got, I got an interception, believe it or not, I got an interception, and I ran about 10 yards to the end zone. And, and as, I'm, as I get to the one-yard line, I, get, I start to get tackled, and I reach for the end zone, and the ball crosses the goal line, and I score a touchdown as everyone's jumping on top of me because they're trying to tackle me. And from the bottom of the dog pile, do you know what I heard? That's my boy! I heard my mom's voice. Because I had a relationship with her. Nowadays, it's the voice of my wife and my kids. It's the reason when you gather together with friends, and, and, and maybe it's for some of you when your kids were smaller, but when you heard a, when you heard a cry, <laughs> I remember like when we gathered together with our friends, some of my friends were like, oh, that's mine. I'll go get that one. When you hear a, a cry, you know it's your kid's voice because you have a relationship with them. And 
maybe, just maybe, some of you are sitting there today and you're saying, I don't hear the voice of God in my life because you don't have a relationship with him. We want to help you with that. Do you know what it takes to, re- to, to hear a voice and to recognize a voice? It takes time. It takes time. If I hear my kid's voice over and over and over again, I start to develop an ear for their voice, and I start to recognize their voice when they speak. If I'm going to learn how to speak a new language, if I want to learn Spanish, that's why Spanish, you don't learn how to speak it in a week. You don't learn how to speak it overnight. I took four years of Spanish, and I still don't speak Spanish. Poquito. Okay. That's all you got. And if I'm at a Spanish restaurant, it's just enough to embarrass my wife. That's it. Did I say Spanish restaurant? I mean Mexican restaurant. As we begin our 21 days of prayer in this series called Whisper, I want you to know this. And hear me loud and clear, but but don't misinterpret what I say. The prayers that we offer up to God are important. Hear that, first and foremost. But so oftentimes when I enter into a fasting period, when I enter into a season of fasting, people will say, oh, so what are you fasting for? And, and what they're asking is, what are you asking God for? As you enter into this fasting season, what are, you ask, what, are, what are you asking God for? And ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know this morning that what we ask God for is important. But it's not as important as what God has to say to us. I'm not fasting so that I can get something, so that, so that I can ask God something. I'm fasting so that God can speak to me. God doesn't need to hear your voice. He can speak to you without hearing your voice. But we always need the voice of God in our lives. Now, don't, again, don't misinterpret what I'm saying because prayer is extremely, extremely important. I'm afraid that too often times, and I promise we're, for those of you that are uneasy, 1 Kings is where we'll be at. 1 Kings in your Bible is where we're going to read a, a verse of Scripture in just a moment. But as I listen to the voice of God in my life, sometimes what I've learned is that there are things that God says to me that I do not want to hear. And I'm afraid that so often times that that, that we want to hear God's comforting voice, but we don't want to hear God's convicting voice. I'll say that again. We want to hear God's comforting voice, but we don't want to hear God's convicting voice. Ladies and gentlemen, if we're going to hear God's comforting voice, we have to learn to listen to his convicting voice. The convicting voice is the, the voice of God that speaks to us that we do not want to hear because it tells us that we need to change something in our lives. Because it says that something is wrong. I look at the world around me and I see people that do not want to hear the convicting voice of God, but they want to hear the loving voice of God. They want to hear the part of God that says, that says I love you, that says I'm with you, that says I believe in you, but they don't want to hear the voice that says that something is a sin. They don't want to hear the voice of God that says, that is convicting, that you need to change. If we're going to hear God's comforting voice, we have to hear his convicting voice. But let me remind you that in 1 John chapter 4, the Bible says that God is love. And I want you to know that everything that God says to you, he says out of love because God is love. enter into these 21 days, I pray that you would not be afraid to hear God's voice. 
1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11 through 12. It tells us this amazing story about this man by the name of Elijah. I'm not going to get into the nitty-gritty of the story that's going on, but basically Elijah finds himself suicidal. And God says, let me get your attention and go to this mountain. Go to this mountain and stand before me. And in verse 11, he says, it says this. It says, go out and stand before me on the mountain. The Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by. And a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. But the, word was not, but the Lord was not in the wind after there was an earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. You know the definition of whisper? The definition of whisper is to speak with your breath. To speak without using your vocal cords. When I think of whispering um, here recently, I think of this TV show that my wife and I have been watching on ABC. I'm not going to tell you the name of it because it's not a Christian show. But if you really want to know, you can ask me on the way out and I'll tell you the name of it. But um, it drives me crazy because it's like the prerequisite to be an actor on the show was, it's like, <clears throat> it's like every time I'm trying to, trying to be obnoxious as they are on the show and I'm messing up my voice doing it, so maybe I should move on, but. It's like the dramatic in the show. Anytime they want to be really dramatic, they use a, a whispering voice. And even when they're not being dramatic, they use a whispering voice. And it's really annoying. <coughs> Ooh, I got bells in my throat. <coughs> Second Timothy chapter six through chapter three. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. If you're listening on the podcast, I apologize. That's what I get for trying to be funny. Second Kings chapter 3, verse 16 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, and correcting and training in righteousness. With God's breath, dust, and he breathed into the dust to form man. With God's breath, he created you, and he created me. With God's breath, he inspired men to write his word that he could speak into our lives every day. And with the same breath that he used to create us, the same breath that he used to bring forth his word is the same breath that he uses to whisper into your life and my life every day. We have access to the most powerful breath in the universe every day of our lives. If we're ready to listen. <coughs> One last time. As we look at First Kings, I will not recover from that. As we look at First Kings, three things were before Elijah. Number one, a windstorm, a mighty windstorm that caused the rocks to, to fall off the mountain. An earthquake, a mighty earthquake that shook the earth. And a fire that were all three very, very powerful things. And you know what we do? We often write those three things off like they're not even there because God's voice wasn't in them. And we, we focus on the whisper, which I believe is exactly what we need to focus on. However, I want to point out that those three things were extremely powerful and most likely they would have gotten Elijah's attention. You see, God has a loud voice that he can use to get your attention at any moment. But ladies and gentlemen, 
When God wants your attention, he uses a whisper. Because just like Mark said in, in, in the opening video, a whisper is used to draw us, to get us closer, so that we can listen more intently, so that we can become intimate enough to feel a heartbeat of God. God wants you to feel his heartbeat every single morning. He wants to be intimate with you every single morning so that you can hear his whisper in your life. Isn't it incredible that God has the power to destroy us with his loud voice, and yet he chooses to woo us with his whisper. He chooses to draw us closer. I believe the next 21 days, not the next 21 days, but the week before that, on, starting on January 6th, I believe that if you lean into God, if you seek him during those 21 days, that it's designed for him to speak to you. Because every answered prayer begins with a whisper. You know, as we, as we set up these curtains and we set up this sound system and we, we set up the, the, everything that you see, and on, su- on Sunday morning you walk into this place, and, and, and a lot of you probably see the Refuge Church. When, when, when people see us in the community, see us giving money so that you know, we can help provide things for the end of the community or, or they, they see us being involved, when they see our logo, a lot of times they see the Refuge Church. But ladies and gentlemen, when I walk in here on Sunday morning, I do not see anything. I hear a whisper from God that I heard in Centralia, Illinois, during a time of my life that I desperately wanted to hear God's voice. Because we were going through a season that I was lost. The pastor that I worked for had gotten cancer. He was on a, he had just died. And the church was in a transition. And I no longer felt like I fit in. I no longer felt like I was called to. And I was, I was in a season where I was desperate to hear God's voice. And ladies and gentlemen, maybe you're entering into a season where you're desperate to hear God's voice. And I want you to know that if you lean in, that he will whisper into your life a dream that you can see come to fulfillment. A dream that you can see become a reality. Because I've seen it. And it all began with a whisper. That's why we lean into God. That's why we seek him. So that he can whisper into our lives dreams that will become reality. As I look at at God's word, and, and I I want to I want to end with this story in, in First Samuel chapter three. This is the last story we're going to look at. First Samuel chapter three. There's this story about this this man by this boy by the name of Samuel. In First Samuel chapter one, it tells us about Samuel's mom. Her name was Hannah. Hannah couldn't have children. She couldn't get pregnant. And she would she would pray and she would pray and she would pray and she would pray and she would ask God, God, please, just give me a child. And if you give me a child, I promise I will dedicate him to you. I will take him and he will live at the temple. Just please, just give me a child. Eventually God gives Hannah five children. But the first child that God gives her is by the name of Samuel. And the Bible says that Samuel was, was brought up in, in the presence of the Lord. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord, assisting Eli. Now, 
in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. So the Bible is saying that, that, that this wasn't an everyday occurrence, that, that God, God didn't just speak to anyone in this house. And so it wasn't normal. And God tries to speak to Samuel for the first time in, in, in 1 Samuel chapter 3. He speaks to him a total of three times. But what Samuel does in, that, in, in, in this story, I think, is so often what we do. You see, our first reaction isn't to go to God and say, God, was that you? Or was that just a bad burrito that I ate? Over the next three weeks, we're going to look at seven love languages from God that are highlighted in Satterton's book called Love Story. The seven love languages that God uses to speak to us is, number one, Scripture. God uses Scripture to speak into our lives. It is the most, it is the most important language that God uses. It is foundational. Every other language that we get from God must be filtered through this. Must be filtered from Scripture because He will not tell you to do anything that goes against His word. My favorite was as a youth pastor, um, girls or boys in front of me can't do this. Pastor Adam, I think I need you to make this girl. I'm like, well, okay, I'll do it. If the if the kid was a believer, well, let's, let's just let's be a believer. You know what God's God's word says about about being unequally yoked together, right? Like you you know that it's not going to work. She's not a believer, or he's not a believer. Yeah, but like, well, what does the Bible say? Always, we we always have to ask ourselves, what does the Bible say about whatever it is that God is, what we think that God is asking us to do? That's the first language. The second language is these aren't in order, but the following six are dreams, doors, desires. talk about all seven of those in the next three weeks. However, I think that so oftentimes we listen, we, we have we have some of those things outside of Scripture. We have uh, dreams and, and desires and doors. And we say, God, is that you? Is, is this door that you're opening the door that you want me to go through? Is this desire that you've given me, is, is it from you or is it just something that I want? prompting that I have in my spirit, is it from you? Is, there's a voice that someone is telling me that I need to follow. Is it the one that you want for me? And so oftentimes we write it off as not being from God. And that's what Eli, what, what, what Samuel did. And so what Samuel does is he goes before Eli and he says, he says, Eli, was that you? And finally in, in, in verse 7, so I jump down to verse 8. Verse 8 says, So the Lord called a third time. And once more Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? And Eli realized that it was the Lord who was calling the boy. And so he said to Samuel, Go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And so Samuel went Samuel went back to his bed, and the Lord came, and he called as before, Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. The third time, God calls Samuel, and Eli says to him, now this time, go and lay down. Remember, if we're going to hear God's voice, we have to be still. We have to be still. Go and lay down, and if he says it again, respond by saying this, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And in verse 10, Samuel.
Daniel prays the bravest prayer that any of us can ever pray. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. As we enter into the 21 days of prayer on January 6th, my challenge to all of you in this room is to pray the bravest prayer at the very beginning. Don't wait to the to the second week or don't wait to the end, but start from the very beginning and say, God, speak to me during this 21 days for your servant is listening. You know, I, I find it interesting that the bravest part of that prayer isn't in saying speak. But the bravest part of that prayer is in how Samuel refers to himself. Servant. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Because he's saying, God, whatever it is that you tell me to do, that's what I will do because I am your servant. Ladies and gentlemen, the posture in which you find yourself will often determine in how you hear from God. Let me say that again. The posture in how you find yourself, the position that you find yourself in, will often determine how you hear the voice of God. Your posture is so important. If you've written it off, if you're, if you're saying, you know what, I'm, I'm done with it, guess what? You probably won't hear from God. Because so oftentimes your posture will determine how you hear. If you want to hear the voice of God in your life, I want you to ask yourself, how is my posture? Do I look at myself as a servant? Am I looking at myself as, as, as a way of, of receiving things? Me a favor, stand to your feet, bow your heads, close your eyes. We're gonna we're gonna wrap up. Earlier, I, I said that the voices that I hear the most are the ones that I have a relationship with. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with God. Ladies and gentlemen, our goal. Our goal as a church is to help you find Jesus, to help you know God, to help you discover your purpose, and to help you find the freedom that he wants you to live in. If you don't know God, you can't hear his voice. So some of you that don't know God right now, like to believe that that's the voice of God. But you don't know it, and it's uncomfortable because you don't have a relationship. If that's you, I want you to know that that voice loves you. The Bible says that God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him and not will not perish but have everlasting life. So I want to invite you to know God today. I want to invite you to have a relationship with him. If you're there and, and, and that's you, would you do me a favor? Would you just slip your hand up and say that's me? I want to know God today. Anybody like that at all? Thank you. Anybody else? Say, that's me. I, I, I want to know God today. Raise your hand. I want to invite you to, to pray this prayer with me. 
say, God, I know that I've done wrong. And I know because I've done wrong, I need you in my life. But because I've done wrong, I, I can't have any more. Until I, I tell you that I've done wrong, until I confess that I've done wrong. So God, I, I ask you to come into my life knowing that I don't deserve it. Knowing that Jesus died so that I could have a relationship with you. Knowing that Jesus came back to life to make me a new person. Come into my life. Speak into my life and let me learn to hear the voice of God. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Heads bowed, eyes closed, still no one looking around. Let me invite you to say this prayer with me. We're going to say this prayer together. We're going to say this prayer together. And then we're going to we're going to celebrate at what God has done today. We're going to sing a song and we'll be dismissed. Would you pray after me? Say, speak. Say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Let's do it one more time. On the count of three. One, two, three. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. All right, one more time. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Would you give God a hand clap of praise today? Come on. Come on.